Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. Um, I have a wonderful episode. I am joined by my friend and colleague, uh, Chef Lissa Maris, and she is a raw vegan chef. Uh, she is a cookbook author of 19 <laughs> ebooks. Um, and, uh, you know, she is a great advocate um, for raw veganism. And uh, we have a great episode on really breaking down, you know, what, you know, uh, raw veganism is. Um, how does she arrive on her, you know, journey um, for uh, this pathway? Uh, why, you know, we even go into the different recipes and how she breaks down, you know, different uh, recipes, um, how she comes up with them. And ultimately, why do people make the decisions that they do, um, especially for food. And you don't want to miss this, so definitely stay tuned. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, and you decided to share a few moments with us, and I am greatly, greatly appreciative. Today, we have a wonderful, wonderful session uh, with us today. Um, I have a great, wonderful guest. She is awesome. Um, her name is Lissa Maris. Uh, she is a author. Uh, she is a recipe developer. She's a chef. Uh, she is a uh, video blogger on so many different platforms, mainly uh, Instagram and YouTube. And uh, she's written so many uh, recipe cookbooks. Um, I believe <laughs> she told me 19. She had a hard time keeping count. Uh, so that is, you know, so many uh, great things about her. And uh, without further ado, we are going to uh, introduce her. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, 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 so much for inviting me on to your wonderful podcast and to share with the people. Incredibly grateful. Thank you. I'm excited to share the recipe and to chat. So, yes, very excited. Awesome. 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 Well, I am, you know, very, very appreciative for you to take out the time um, you know, invite us into your kitchen. And I think it's always food, you know, it's always great, you know, to have food demos and to go in someone's kitchen. And obviously, you know, we do focus a lot on the food, but it's really cool to kind of go through the process of how someone develops a recipe, how someone, you know, the stories around it, you know, so that's always fun for me, you know, it's always fun for the audience. Um, you know, what do you get um, out of a food demo whenever you see someone cook? Oh, I same. I love to watch how they create something, how they chop, because everyone chops differently and they arrange different food choices. Like someone might really like the celery and fennel, like I'm going to be using today. But other people might not like that. They might want to do like a heavier tomato dish. And it's interesting to see different people's flavors. And I've had a conversation with um, some of my other raw vegan friends 
And they feel like each person kind of has their own flavor, right? Like mm -hmm. if you make a recipe from somebody, you can kind of tell that that's their recipe because it's got the same similar flavors, similar, similar ingredients that they just use and make differently. So you, I, I've had some friends say like, oh, I know this is a Chris Kendall recipe because it tastes like a Chris Kendall recipe. <laughs> this one is a Tampa recipe. This one's a totally Alyssa recipe. So it's cool to see people like they just they have their flavors and they love right. them so it's nice to try and I've tried many recipes from lots of different people and it's always interesting to me to try something and I read the recipe and I'm like eh, I don't know but then when I try it I'm like what this is so good yeah I thought of combining this and this together before and we each have our own kind of ideas on what to combine so we can yeah. reach a wide range of people with their flavors so Aww. I just love seeing what people create that's awesome. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's always fun to be able to, uh, you know, go into that kind of, you know, journey with them, you know, whether it's their books, whether it's their individual recipes or v witnessing them. I think there's a lot more because, you know, we're still in the third year, you know, as of the recording, we're still in the third year of the pandemic, you know, we're still doing a lot of things virtually. Um, I think a lot of things have benefited, you know, from going things virtual. And uh, I, what I do miss is, you know, I don't know about you, Lisa, but I, you know, I spoke, I publicly spoke and I held workshops and I missed that live interaction. I missed that, you know, rapport. Um, so, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know, if, did you ever give live demonstrations or has, have you just mainly worked from the virtual space yeah i have done live stuff we had a retreat right before all the lockdowns happened and it was one of the my my, my most favorite weeks because we got to teach everybody and people got to try the food and they got to learn things and it was such a cool retreat and then we weren't allowed to do anything so <laughs> i'm excited i'm excited for the day that we can do a retreat again and yeah have like all the recipes like we, we make all our best stuff right yeah. so everyone's got like you know the raw burgers and the wraps and the sushis and everything like so many good things but yeah. i do uh i used to talk at um, festivals but i haven't been to any festivals since so hopefully soon we'll be able to do the festivals again and speak at those i did a couple food demos at the woodstock fruit festival mm. three years ago when nate and i got married we did like mm. a whole bunch of food demos and it's you're right it's that communication it's watching them enjoy your recipe like they get <laughs> you see their face you're just like i hope you like it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um yeah so basically uh i want to know you know um you know your before we start with the demo i want to know what has your plant-based journey have been um you know my understanding is that you've been raw vegan for eight years now um, and I like to know how, you know, it got started, you know, was it a personal health journey? Was it an you know, ethical decision? Is it a, uh, is it a world decision? Like, what was it for you that you decided to go vegan? And then on top of that, go raw, because there's many layers, you know, we do talk a lot about, um, you know, whole food plant-based and there's different kinds of vegetarians, there's different kinds of, you know, uh, you know, ways of living a vegan lifestyle. So what was it for you? Woo, big story. I love my story. I like to <laughs> I like to share because it can speak to so many different people at different levels because we all come from somewhere. And for me, my journey started in around 2004. 
I was working at a natural health food store and I never had the connection with veganism until 2014. So for those 10 years, I would try a raw diet, but I would always be either under eating because I was stuck in diet culture where I felt I had to restrict my calories to lose weight. I had to overexercise. I had to avoid, you know, like I was in that mindset. I was also eating way too high fat. Like I was eating two or three avocados a day, lots of nuts and oils and everything. And I felt lethargic. I felt better than I did eating my standard fare, obviously, mm-hmm. because I wasn't eating refined, like severely refined products, but I didn't feel my best. I was like, where's this amazing feeling that everyone says that they have? Right? <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out, but I was, like I said, I was under eating. So I wasn't getting enough energy. I wasn't getting enough nutrition. I was eating way too high fat. So I felt tired a lot of the time from the insulin issues that come along with that. So I would do the raw diet because I loved raw food and Mm -hmm. I didn't have the connection with, with veganism yet. So for the 10 years, I must've tried raw like a hundred times. I would do it for like two days and then I would go back to what I was eating. Mm -hmm. Or I I think the longest I went was two months, but I was Mm -hmm. hungrier and I I just couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. So Mm -hmm. in 2013, a year, about a year before I went raw, I did kind of like a keto style challenge at the gym and my personal trainer, I had to write down my food journal and she'd like check it off and be like, great work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I had to see her three times a week. And I worked out every day, except one day off because I was trying to win this challenge of like best transformation. And when I look back on my journals, I'm appalled that my trainer would like check off the days because it would be like 800 calories, maybe 1200 calories. Like after I entered everything into chronometer, I was like, what? She checked that off. Like, (laughs) so no wonder I was struggling through the entire thing because I was undercarved and I just was eating way too high fat still, just like a keto style diet. Mm -hmm. And right after that, I think I lost around 20 pounds doing that. But I was like, if it takes this much effort to lose this much weight, I don't want any part of it. So Mm -hmm. after that, I started eating everything and anything, you name it, was like the worst I'd ever eaten. Plus, Mm -hmm. I was going through a lot of emotional stuff with um, my relationships and everything on the side. So that didn't help. And for the next year, I ballooned up. I gained the 20 pounds back and more until I was almost 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was having a lot of health issues. Like I had heart flutters probably due to the energy drinks I was drinking every day and the junk food I was eating. So I'd have these heart flutters every night at like two or three in the morning. And one morning I woke up, it was September 12th. I woke up and I was like, that's it. I'm going to go raw again, but I want to figure out why I can't stick to it. Like what is the reasoning behind why I can't stick to it? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like watching inspiration on YouTube. And in the comment section, someone said, watch Cowspiracy, Earthlings, Forks Over Knives. So I did, and I had never had the vegan connection, but after I watched those three movies, I was instantly vegan. And mm-hmm. now I had never tried a classic vegan diet, like whole food plant-based with the cooked foods and stuff. I, I always defaulted to raw because I really resonated with it. Mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. loved the freshness and all that, even though I didn't eat as much fresh as I should have back then, but I resonated with the raw version. So I never did the cooked vegan thing. I just went Mm -hmm. right into raw. I was like, okay, I guess I'm a raw vegan now. And I started doing a lot more research. 
um, when it came to like diet culture and what we should be eating and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm under eating hundred percent. I'm under eating and I need to try the low fat version. Cause I've never tried a low fat version, like getting the oils out and you know, like appropriately eating. Yeah. When you say, when you say, um, under eating, like, what do you mean by that? Under eating what specifically? Um, pretty much everything. Like I was always eating around 800 to 1200 calories. And then I would go like a week or so like that. And then I would binge because my Mm. body was just like, I, I, it's not enough. Yeah. Enough. And I, I just felt that. So it resonated with me when people were like, you got to eat enough. You got to eat enough. So I'm like, okay, I got to eat enough. And when I started eating enough, my body was like, thank you. (laughs) And I didn't have any cravings and it was just super easy, but because I was nourishing my body. And then I went into learning over the years went by, I lost 70 pounds. I cleared up my adult cystic acne that I had since I was Mm. a teenager. Um, My female cycle finally balanced at age 30 eight or whatever, or I can't remember how old I was, but it was like about eight months after I went raw and it finally balanced for the first time in my life. And it's been yeah. ever since. So it was really interesting to look at how I was before and how I've changed and mm-hmm. how honestly it was the vegan click mm-hmm. because I always resonated with raw and eating healthy. And I worked in the natural health industry for over a decade, like, yeah selling the supplements and nutritional consulting and, but in the nutrition, in the natural health industry, they're taught similar things as diet culture, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, yeah, you're, you might be eating organic food, but the mindset around it and the variety that people, they were always in a restrictive mindset. And so I was in a restrictive mindset and I thought we needed all these oils and fish oils and everything. And here I am almost eight years later, like just doing perfectly fine. And yeah, it's, yeah, it really was the vegan connection. So in that moment, I became vegan. I, that's when I chose raw. So mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. never go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can I can see how, um, you know, it could be super confusing, right? So, you know, nutritional science, the science of nutrition is just, you know, it's such a evolution of so many different things. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, the food that is produced by mother nature, everything, it has it's perfect in the way where, you know, it delivers it, you know, already with everything that you need, right? Obviously we need a diversity. We obviously we need a variety of it. Um, and we need a certain amount of quantity, you know, from it, but, you know, you know, when we extrapolate, you know, when we reduce things to single singular components, macro micronutrients, um, it just becomes very, very confusing, right? Because you're taking this variable, you're studying that variable and then, you know, testing it versus that. And it's, it's, you know, (laughs) it's just something that's been ever so, you know, confusing. So through your individual, you know, journey and lens, what would you say to someone, um, you know, kind of going through their own, you know, ups and downs with trying to figure out what works for them, you know, would you suggest them to kind of try a little bit of everything or, you know, consult with someone? Like, what would you, you know, uh, what would your two cents, you know, be to someone else? That's a good question. Cause it, again, it is really challenging to filter through all the information out there. Um, my suggestion would be, yes, consult with somebody who is, who looks balanced, 
who walks the walk, right? Who eats the foods and who does the things that you are looking to maybe try and get their perspective on it. And I also warn people to stay away from people who are really restrictive with their choices. Because mm. I know in the raw vegan community specifically, there is a lot of restriction that I see happening. And to the point where it can cause disordered eating patterns in people and the mental health, this being May that we're recording this in, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's really important that we also think about our mental health and how we choose the foods that we're eating. Are we choosing them because we're scared of the other stuff? Like we're scared of eating this or that or the other thing and we have to eat this way, otherwise we're gonna be sick. Like when we think about it that way, that intention is very restrictive and it can cause people to go down this restrictive road of like, Oh no, I can't have that. And I can't have this. And I can't have that. And people feel like when they look at our diet, they might feel it's restrictive because we're not doing grains and some other stuff, but we actually eat like over 80 different plant foods every week. Like who we eat, I eat so much more variety than I ever have in my entire life. And I don't want to be restrictive. I just prefer the hydration, the easy digestion. I just prefer the raw food. So that's why I choose the raw food. So my two cents would be to really be careful with who you're listening to, because if they are quite restrictive or if they're kind of using absolutes like you have to do this or this Mm. or there's zero nutrition in cooked food which blows my mind because there's nutrition (laughs) in it and sometimes when people are saying these absolutes that's kind of like a red flag for me Mm -hmm. so uh, stay away from that go with the people who are high raw they eat a lot of variety fresh food whole food and obviously plant-based so yeah and go to the people who are walking the walk and they're there's they're doing the things that you want to do <laughs> yeah 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 there's a lot to say you know for role modeling and you know similar you know whenever i counsel my patients is you know there's you know i do my best to kind of practice what i preach as well you know we talk a lot about the six pillars of lifestyle medicine hydration, sleep, social connections, relationships, in addition to food, we, you know, obviously we talk a lot about food, but there's so many things that encompass optimal health and wellness. So, um, so before we go into demo, one more question I have for you is that, you know, how many books have you written? I know we talked about this offline, but how many can you remember? (laughs) I think it's been 19 now. I I'm thinking, okay. So I've got Um, My very, 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 very first ebook that I wrote uh, was 52 to a new you. It was, it needs to be revamped, but um, it's basically something that you could do add to your life every week to change your life. Right. Like, you know, just what you were talking about, like improving your sleep, Um, you know, add, add a 10 minute walk for this week and and just kind of change your routines and how to go raw basically is, is, was that book. And then I wrote meal plan volume one. So people were asking me, I need a meal plan. How do I plan my meals? How do I get enough calories? So I wrote meal plan one and my husband actually bought that meal plan. I didn't know who he was. He was just found me on YouTube and he wanted to change his life. So he bought that meal plan and he lost 60 pounds and he became a raw vegan. And then he went to one of the fruit festivals and met my friend, Jack, who I, you know, I went to Costa Rica with him and we're pretty good friends. 
So he knew that we were friends. And when he met him at the festival, he was like, oh, yeah, I bought Lissa's book and it changed my life and everything. So Jack got us in connection. So I did a YouTube um, interview with him just yeah. to talk about his journey with my book. And after that, we talked until two in the morning and then I messaged him the next day and the rest is history. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So- very, very cool. That was my first meal plan. And then I wrote meal plan two and meal plan three. I've got a winter book. I've got a holiday ebook, kind of like a holiday menu with like step-by-step how to do it for the whole day so that all your stuff is ready at five o'clock on dinner time. So it's kind of like a, a, an easy way to prep because you're like, oh, at 3.30, I have to do this. And that's all you do, right? So each timestamp helps people with the prep. Um, there's, uh, I have the burger book, which is probably one of my most popular ones along with dips and dressings. So there's 117 sauces and dressings and dips that you can add to your salads or dip stuff in. Um, I've got a soup book and I've got, (laughs) I wrote two books with my husband. One's called dude food for the gut bacteria, the little dudes, (laughs) um, and an ice cream book. And I just actually released two days ago, my taco, it's a mini ebook, kind of just like 12 recipes on how to make raw tacos. So yeah, I'm constantly wow. creating and I've got like so many things on in, in the back of my mind of stuff that I want to create. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you are interested in having a consultation with me and actually see me one-on-one, um, the Chef Doc Lifestyle Medicine uh, practice has partnered with Plant-Based Telehealth and uh, we offer uh, lifestyle medicine consultations. So you'll be able to see me one-on-one and uh, I can go over your health history and seeing what we can do to fill in the gaps. Uh, we can talk about your physical health anything from food to lifestyle to diet to setting up your kitchen to cooking preparation to grocery shopping to your mental health. Um, I think it's important that we build our emotional resilience to talking about your sleep and how to stay hydrated and what are the best uh, medicines if necessary, what are the best supplementations if necessary. And we do all this in a very concise manner and it's a conversation. I take the time out to listen. I take the time out to really understand you from the ground up and to look at all aspects um, of your physical, emotional, and mental health. And um, please, you know, uh, drop me a line, schedule an appointment if you want to see me one-on-one. And um, I am very, very looking forward to learning more about you. And again, thank you so much for visiting uh, here uh, at The Chef Doc. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into it, and uh, you know, tell us what uh, what you're making uh, for us today. So it was cool when you asked if you if we wanted to do a food demo because I was like, well, it'll be lunchtime, so gotta make lunch anyways. And I thought, what about just making lunch for everybody to show kind of how we make our lunches. So we're going to be making a creamy, spicy French style dressing 
and just with a regular salad that we eat with our variety. I don't have as much variety as we normally would because we have to go shopping, but um, I, I have as much variety as I could find in the fridge today. So we're going to start with the dressing. So I will start with, I like to start with the, um, the liquids first because that helps the blender to blend properly. So we're going to start with the juice of one lemon. And this recipe is is one of the ones that I used to eat a lot when I first went raw, but I've kind of embellished it for our little chat here. Mm -hmm. um, the original recipe is just five dates, two cloves of garlic, a little apple cider vinegar, um, lemon juice, and some smoked paprika. So that's pretty much the recipe, but we're going to be adding um, some more stuff to it to make it mm -hmm. a little extra. <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah. How do, um, how do you come up? Like, where's the inspiration for your recipes come from? Like, do, do you, uh, is it a, like a shower thing or is it like, you know, you wake up and you get an idea? Like how, how do, how do ideas come to you? That's, I love that question. The shower ideas. I do get ideas in the shower. I've actually had a couple dreams <laughs> of recipes as well. Two recipes specifically. Um, one of them oh. is the mango maize. I have like a mayonnaise made with mango and cashew. Yeah. And I actually had a dream that I was trapped in this closet and I had to make this <laughs> recipe for some reason. I had in to order to get out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. I'll do and when I woke up, I wrote the recipe down right away because it was in my dream. And then when I made it, it was like, what? This is like such yeah. a great mayo um, just made with cashews and mango. So I called it mango naze. But uh, yeah, so I do come up with a few randomly kind of just pop into my head or shower moments. But for the most part, what I like to do is I like to look at traditional recipes. Like I'll just go online. For example, when I was doing the burger book, yeah. I went online and I just searched cool burger ideas. Yeah. And there was like hundreds of different kinds of burgers that you can make. I was like, whoa, there's a lot of different burgers. And then I just look at the recipe and I'm like, how can I make that raw? How wow. can I make each ingredient raw? Or how can I make the patty this way or add the different flavors? Like have a curry burger, or a broccoli burger, or um, a chili cheese burger or whatever, like different mm -hmm. kinds of ideas. So what I like to do, just go online and I search for the recipes and I try and figure out how I could do it raw style. And mm -hmm. I, I personally have a lot of enjoyment in creating the recipes like trying to make it the same. And I know there's people who are like, well, why do you try to make it the same? Or, you know, how like some people say like, why do vegans make their food look like meat or whatever? Yeah. Uh, well, I think we should be more concerned with how the animal becomes a burger than how the plants become the burger. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my opinion, right? Like, um, I'm just going to grab some chipotle powder here and some chili. Uh, but yeah, I like to add the spices uh, next. So they have a little time to work while I get the rest of the stuff. So I'm adding a little, this is a Calabrian hot chili. And honestly, I kind of just wing a lot of my recipes. I'll just like mm -hmm. throw it together because I, I know kind of how a good dressing works. Like for raw, you need a sweet, uh, sour, um, I like to do umami kind of like, that's why I like to use miso paste for mm -hmm. my recipes. 
Um, and then there's the aromatics and then the fats. So we're using hemp seeds today, uh, but I'm going to add a little chipotle powder to that just for the spice. And then add a little apple cider vinegar. Maybe a tablespoon or so. And miso paste. I absolutely love miso paste. It's probably one of my most favorite ingredients mm -hmm. lately. So do I. Yeah. I like to add about a tablespoon. And this recipe would will be good for both of us, for my husband and I. So I'm gonna put about have my a teaspoon here, but I'm gonna put, you know, honestly, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna pour the hemp seeds in there. I don't know, maybe like two or three tablespoons worth of hemp. And jalapeno, can't forget a little spicy. And I like the seeds involved, but if people don't want to have it super spicy to take the inside out with the seeds, that way it's not as spicy. Then we're gonna add, I have seven dates here. Normally when I make the recipe just for myself, I'll use four and five dates, but because I'm making it enough for my husband and I, I will do seven dates. And this is where we're getting the majority of our calories, right? So that we're not as hungry. Because if we make just the salad and we just put like a little lemon juice on the salad, it's not going to be enough. We're, we're going to feel hungry later. Yeah. The dates. And sometimes we'll add fruit to our dressing as well, like maybe one or two mangoes or like three peaches or something just to add more calories to the dressing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it makes the salad more substantial. Plus we love extra, we love soupy salads. So we like to have as much dressing as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so then the final ingredients would be, I always like to add turmeric to our dressings. I don't really notice the difference in flavor, but it's something that we feel is really important every day to have. And then garlic, I love all the garlic. So I'm putting four cloves in, but I know some people can't handle four. Might do start with one. And then I've got a couple cherry tomatoes just to give it that um, tomato-y French style. And then we just add, I kind of like mine a little more watery at lunchtime if I'm doing a lower fat dressing like this. So I'm gonna put about two cups of water in here. So the dates are probably gonna suck up a lot of the water. So there we go. And we'll just put this on our blender. Now we have a vacuum blender, but I'm not going to vacuum this because it, it'll just take time and it's loud. So we'll skip the vacuum part. But <laughs> so there's our dressing and uh, you can taste it and see how it goes i think i will taste it and see how i like it um see how it's fully there's lots of bubbles yeah so when we blend with the vacuum blender you get almost no bubbles there's hardly uh -huh. any bubbles because you're not blending the air in and oxidizing your food <laughs> huh. so it actually makes the dressings like a hundred times better they taste better they've got better color and I like to like um, take the bubbles off. I'll just like skim them off slightly. So does the vacuum blender like do, does it just um, um, 
I guess, um, blend it in a different direction or? Well, uh, we have the vacuum is right here. Uh, get it. So this is what it looks like. This is the vacuum. And so the lid goes on top and then you put the vacuum on top and you push the button and mm. it actually sucks all the air out of the, the jug. So mm. when you do start to blend it, it's blending it in a, an air-free environment. Mm. So you're not blending the air into your dressing. And this is, can really help people who have excessive amounts of gas or bloating when they're blending a lot of stuff, like if they're always blending soups, having lots of smoothies, blending dressings, and they're doing that constantly throughout the day, they're ingesting a lot of air and the air is going to go somewhere. Right. So yeah. Interesting. It, yeah. And we notice, like, we don't have a lot of, we really don't have any digestive issues at all, but when we switched to the vacuum blender, we noticed a, a decrease in the amount of extra gas that we had. Like it wasn't a big deal at all that we had some, but it was, it was incredible to see the difference because we do smoothies every morning. We blend two dressings a day and sometimes we'll have soups and stuff. And it really made a big difference. So I really like the vacuum blender, not only for the fact that you're not drinking the extra air, but it tastes better and it looks better. And it's the texture is even better. Mm. So we like the vacuum blender. I wish I got it like a long time ago <laughs> yeah 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 mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna taste this and mm. oh it's perfect oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh and then sometimes they like make a recipe and you're like that one needs to be in a book because i kind of yeah. made that one up i added a couple i'm like this will be good in there and this will be good in there and then, yeah it's definitely there good. you go Especially with the tomatoes added, because I normally don't add tomatoes to that one. Yeah. Just adding those five cherry tomatoes, next level. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So I'm going to start chopping the rest of the salad ingredients. So we use these big, it seems like it's not that big on video, but it's massive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Industrial size. Yeah, this is like the biggest size, um, those chef mixing bowls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what we, we like to make our salads in these big bowls so that we can mix it and then we just portion it out. We half it. So we'll each eat half of this big bowl for lunch. Um, and we and we enjoy, like we'll, we'll play chess or we'll watch a show or something. And it takes us about a half an hour to eat, maybe 40 minutes to eat our salads. But it's great connection time and we love it and it's refreshing and hydrating. So I know some people are like, wow, it takes so long to eat your raw food. And I'm like, ah, I like to eat. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of um, I think a lot of people who uh you know transition, you know, who eat decide to go to eat more plants, whether it's more vegetarian, more vegan, more whole food plant-based. Um, I tell them, I was like, listen, you're gonna be spending more time cooking, spending more time meal prepping and probably spending more time chewing um, because it's just, you know, a lot. So, you know, get, can you give uh, audience, you know, an, some insight in terms of like how much food you would have to prepare as a raw vegan? Um, how much time, um, you know, in terms of like cooking and eating and, you know, what are the pros and cons to that? Yeah, great question. Um, we, 
it really depends on what we decide to make because we can make raw super fast and easy, or we can make raw really in depth, but it's the same with cooked food, right? Like you can have like some super quick and easy meals that you prep really quickly, or you can have those big, like Thanksgiving dinner style, kind of like it takes six hours to make dinner kind of Mm -hmm. meals. Right. So it really depends on what you choose, but for the most part, blending a dressing takes what, like five minutes, maybe, especially if you know the recipe and you make Mm -hmm. it often, then it's really easy. Just throw the stuff in, blend it. And a lot of times Nate and I will blend a double batch. So Mm -hmm. we'll make enough for him and me. And then another him and me kind of like we make a big quadruple batch or whatever. And then we have enough dressing for the next day. So we don't have to blend the dressing because the dressings tend to last the next day just fine. So we will blend double batches if we feel like the next day we need that. And I can prep breakfast, lunch, and dinner for both of us in under an hour. If I do it all first thing in the morning, I'll blend our smoothies. And we have that for our breakfast and then we have fruit as snacks. We have mangoes and grapes and apples and you, you name it. Any fruit is any fruits cool for snacks. So we'll do that as snacks between uh, breakfast and lunch. And then in the morning, if I do the prep for the whole day, it's smoothie, smoothie, lunch, dressing, dinner, dressing. And then I chop all the vegetables that I'm going to need for lunch and dinner. And then I just store them in containers in the fridge, or we like to vacuum seal our stuff. So it stays fresher, but it's not necessary if you're just doing it for dinner. But if you're doing like for the next day or the next day, sometimes I've been known to prep like 18 heads of lettuce. Like I'll just stand, listen to some music or a podcast or whatever, and just chop the the, the lettuce and uh, vacuum seal it. And that can mm-hmm. last up to four or five days. So then I have to chop lettuce for four or five days. And we do that with the cabbage. We'll run it through the food processor and then just vacuum seal it in bags. Mm-hmm. And we're good to go. So I would say on average for prep alone, it it's just around 45 minutes to an hour total for the entire mm-hmm. day. Then for eating, eating is a little different because we want to make sure we're chewing because we're eating basically mostly carbohydrates, uh, like 80% of our calories are coming from carbohydrates in the form of fruits and vegetables. So the amylase in our saliva, we have to chew our food properly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it, we get the gas, the bloating, all that kind of stuff. We move after meals. We try to avoid talking too much during meals. So we're not ingesting a lot of air. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of mechanical things to improve our digestion because we know it's not just the food. Some people who have digestive issues, it's like, well, you're eating on the go. You're standing while you're eating. You're not paying attention. You're not being mindful. You're not taking your time. You're wolfing it down. So there's so many things that come into play there. So that said, I would say we spend around an hour and a half eating a day total, Mm -hmm. but we're doing other things while we're doing them. We're watching a show or listening to a podcast. We're learning something, um, audio book or watching YouTubes. Like we try to ingest not only our salad, but information as well so it's mm. kind of like uh it's a nice time that we have together or if we're playing chess we like to we really like to play chess with our meals <laughs> that's something that we really like to do but um yeah so i would say all together with prep and eating two and a half hours out of the whole yeah time. yeah awesome thank yeah. you for breaking that down that's really uh gives us an idea because when you're when you're making plants it's a there's a lot of prep work you know into it and i tell people that it's not so much spending time in the cooking phase. It's really the prep phase. And so if you have something planned out, recipes planned out, knowing what 
you know, how you're going to work the kitchen, what appliances, you know, if you're going to use any, um, who's going to be doing what, as long as those things are delineated, I think it makes for a more smooth, um, experience, you know, and then less apt to quit or less apt to like, you know, jump off the bandwagon. Exactly. And that's something that I learned early in my journey too, was the importance of planning and the importance of scheduling it in. Cause like you and I had, we had a mutual agreement that we would show up at noon for this call, right? Yeah. It's a mutual agreement and we mutually agree to show up for work. We mutually agree to lunch with a friend or, you know, our favorite show is on at seven o'clock. So we you know, that's scheduled in. So we go watch it, but we don't schedule ourselves in. We don't schedule our meal prep in, right? We just Mm -hmm. wing it. We're like, Oh, it's lunchtime and I'm hungry. What do I eat? And then you make choices from a state of hunger instead of choices from a state of what your goals are or what Mm -hmm. you truly want to be ingesting into your body. So we wing it too much when it comes to our own health Mm -hmm. and our own choices. So early on, I was like, I would wake up in the morning, very first thing and say, today I will choose raw vegan food. And that's it. All I had to do was focus on today. I didn't have to work, worry about tomorrow or being raw for 10 years or whatever, right? It's like today I'm going to choose raw food. I'm going to have this for breakfast, this for lunch, and this for dinner. How am I going to make that happen? So I have to you know, wake up earlier or I have to go to the store and get this thing. And how am I going to plan it into my day to make it work? And that was the key to changing my habits was to schedule in my new habits because I'm not going to remember my new habits when you're trying to change. Like when you're trying to go to bed at nine o'clock and you don't set alarms and you don't like schedule in your bedtime, you're going to still watch Netflix until midnight, right? It's habit. And we are creatures of habit. We choose our lunches based on habit. We choose our dinners based on habit and our habits tend to be the stuff that we've always been eating And that's what we're going to end up choosing when we're in a state of hunger. So if we fuel up and we eat enough and we plan our day, it's so much easier to change our habits. And the more often you do it, the easier it gets. Like to me, I know a lot of people looking in, they're like, whoa, like you, you do a lot, you chop a lot. It must be so blah, 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 and all this. And I'm like, it's habit for me. So as much as sitting down on the couch and watching Netflix till midnight is a habit for somebody making this for lunch is a habit for me. It's like a default, but mm. I had, it took me years to get here because I had to do it all the time. And all it did was wake up and say, today, I'm going to choose raw food. That's what I want for today. And then I just woke up and did the same thing again the next day. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, I think, I think what I got from that is consistency, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And you know, yes, it's the food that makes you sick. Um, it's not moving enough, but at the end of the day, it's habits and decisions, you know, that are unconsciously formed from those repeated habits. And like you said, it's making new habits, right. For yourself. Exactly. Exactly. It's so true. And even when, when adding new varieties to, to our diets, like I I've always eaten a lot of variety as a raw vegan, but I, I got a gut microbiome test done in like around Christmas time. And mm. on the test, there were some foods that were suggested for my microbiome, which were like sunchokes, fennel, which we're adding to the salad today. And some other different foods that I hadn't been eating as a raw vegan. Like I ate a lot of variety, but there were some things that I wasn't. Asparagus is another one. So I started adding these new foods into my raw diet 
And I really had to consciously remember to add these foods in because they mm. just weren't habit. So again, consistency, habit, they're they're so they're they're the keys to life. Yeah, yeah. There goes our fennel and our celery root that we're gonna do in there. And I'm gonna chop up this cabbage and radicchio next. So Okay, awesome. <laughs> but we also talk about food deserts, right? <laughs> Vegas right. is in a desert and things like that. So I guess a natural question is is that you know, a lot of people, depending on where they're uh, you know, calling from food deserts is a, it's a real problem. Right. And oh, it's yeah. like one of those barriers that inhibits someone from optimizing, you know, their wellness. Um, so, you know, do you have any, uh, I guess, suggestions or tips, you know, as you're, um, you know, as you're, as we're going through like these meal preps and we're prepping for the day to, you know, how do we make better uh, of these situations? Would you say, obviously besides, you know, local and states, you know, (laughs) policy, public policy changes, right? Yeah. You know, honestly, I think the biggest thing that I could say would be for each person to do what they can, because I feel like there's so many people out there who want to be perfect. They want everything to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then they can't do it. And then they don't do it. They don't even try. They don't even start to include um, more plant foods into their life. So I think that like starting with what you have really helps, especially with the mindset, because I know not everyone's going to be able to do a raw diet, obviously. And yes, we're in the desert, but we have our food come in from other states so that we're able to eat here. Um, But we try to make the best choices that we can. We get as local as we can. I mean, honestly, like the mangoes that we get here in Vegas, Mexico is pretty close. And most of the mangoes we get are from Mexico. So it's pretty close compared to when I used to live in Canada, Mm -hmm. right? Getting a a mango from Mexico was a lot more travel and They weren't as ripe. So when I was in Canada, it was pretty hard to find a wider variety of fresh yeah. food because I mean, we're living in like, it was sometimes minus 47 in the winter. So it was pretty cold up there, but uh, yeah, what we would do is I would just pick what I had and I would be grateful for the options that I did have instead of wishing that I could have this or that or the other thing. Um, but yeah, for food deserts, I know we have to make some serious policy changes. Um, and we have to try to also grow our own food if we can, because Nate and I, we grow a lot of microgreens and growing your own food is totally more in control. Like you, you control what goes into the soil, you control, um, the types of foods that you control the pesticides, like you don't have to use any pesticides on your stuff or you can use natural stuff like neem. Um, But microgreens, you can grow anywhere. You can grow them in Mm -hmm. your office. We're in a high rise here in Vegas, so we don't have a garden, but we grow microgreens and we grow sprouts. So those are very important parts of our raw diet as well. We don't think that avoiding legumes is a good idea. So we sprout them. We do all kinds of lentils and um, mung beans and broccoli and radish and all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, if you can grow your own, I mean, (laughs) yeah, for sure. For sure. If you have the land, you have the resources, um, 
Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely advocate for that as well. And there's, um, you know, nowadays there's a newer technology where you can do hydroponics, you can yeah. do, you know, grow things without fertilizer or not needing the land vertical gardening. Um, there's a lot. So. Yeah, exactly. The hydroponic works really, really good, but totally in any way that a person can grow their own food, whether it be a microgreen or a sprout or a whole garden, it's going to help for sure. That's going to save costs. And then also learning how to seed save and mm -hmm. how to prolong your seeds. So you're not constantly buying like starts. Cause I know a lot of people, when they do their garden, they buy starts and they're mm -hmm. like two bucks each. And it's like, well, that is almost more expensive than buying the mature head from the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if you can learn how to just pay for the seed starts first, and then once they bolt, like the lettuces bolt or whatever, yeah. save the seeds for next year and then just start your starts on your own gotcha. to learn how to do that and to pass it on to your kids as well. If you have kids, like teaching them how to do it, because we've lost that. We've lost yeah, definitely. the art of fermentation and home cooking and growing. We've lost that. So definitely something to start incorporating more into our lives. All right. So we've got our tomatoes. I have a radish here, but I'll just keep that out for today. Okay. Let's put this in here. Now, what we like to do is just pour our dressing right on our salad, just like so, deliciously like that. Oh. And then we mix it with our big... <laughs> <laughs> it's quite... Yeah, there's so much in here. And yes, we will eat. We will both consume this entire bowl for lunch. Wow. <laughs> but we, like I said, we love it. We enjoy it. It's delicious. And, and because it's lower fat, like we only used a couple tablespoons of hemp, then we're yeah. not going to fill up so super fast on it. Like if we had a higher fat dressing on here, we'd probably fill up faster. So this one will be really refreshing, really delicious. But yeah, there's lunch. Yay. I love it. <laughs> and, and, and also like, you know, hydration is also important too. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's a lot of water contents, um, in our fruits and vegetables. Um, so we can continue to stay hydrated. And I always have to constantly remind people, including myself to continue to hydrate. Um, and so, uh, yeah, super, super important. Uh, Lisa, this has been great. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I am very, very, uh, very uh, thrilled that, you know, you show up in the world the way you do. Uh, I love things just naturally come to you and, you know, you are serving, um, you know, the community at large by just showcasing, you know, what you've learned through your own personal journey and to showcase, you know, one approach um, of many's of, you know, way to, to kind of go about it. And, uh, it's so cool, um, that, you know, you're doing what you're doing, um, displaying it on different kinds of social media platforms, um, you know, vlogging, um, you have your recipes, um, how, how can someone reach out to you? Are you currently promoting anything? Like what is, uh, what I, I understand there's also, uh, you have a meal planning app as well. Can you share with us like what you're currently working on? Yeah. So the meal planning app is a new app that we've created. It's $5 a month. Um, and what you do is you get, I think there's almost a hundred recipes in there, but there's new recipes being added every month for raw and you just choose your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, it generates, uh, a, 
already planned one every five, like every week you get five days and you can add day six and seven, but once it generates that and you can swap out the meals, if you want, it creates a whole grocery list based on those five rest five days worth of recipes. So you just go to the grocery store, log into the app and you can just buy everything on the list and you're good to go. You just wow. have to make each recipe as the day goes on. Uh, so there's that. Um, the best place to reach me is actually on Instagram at raw food romance. Uh, that's where I'm most active. That's where I respond the fastest, but also on YouTube, uh, this is raw food romance for the YouTube videos. I've got almost 800 videos up on there right now. So. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Show- Show, showcases, you know, how much, you know, you've uh, dedicated towards this. And I think you've been on your journey for, you know, uh, at least, well, you, you're raw vegan for eight years, but you've been yeah. doing this, you know, for at least seven is my understanding. Yeah. yeah. So uh, super, super cool. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for, you know, being here with us. Um, I greatly appreciate it. I hope our audience members, you know, take a lot of uh, value, especially the habits. Uh, the habit was really, really good. Um, it gives us a different, you know, uh, context and paradigm to kind of shift because I think at the end of the day, it's really about shifting, you know, different things on how we think and how we approach things. And, you know, habits are, I really, you know, they're the fundamentals of lifestyle change. And, you know, if we can't change our habits, we can't take away the blocks and limits to, you know, optimizing and taking back our health. And that's what we're doing here on the podcast is, you know, integrating different ways and uh, approaches to doing that. So again, thank you for doing that and sharing that with us today. Thank you so much. Yes. Love it. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching another episode. If you like this, please like subscribe and comment. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And until then, please say goodbye to <laughs> Chef Lissa. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one.